Chapter 2 I instantly feel exposed. My muscles tighten as if expecting to get shot any moment. I grab Paige's chair and wheel her out of the building. I scan the sky, then all around us like a good little rabbit running from predators. The shadows are quickly darkening over the abandoned buildings, cars, and dying shrubbery that hasn't been watered in six weeks. Some tag artist has spray-painted an angry angel with enormous wings and a sword on the condo wall across the street. The giant crack that splits the wall zigzags through the angel's face, making it look demented. Below it, a wannabe poet has scrawled the words, Who will guard against the guardians? I cringe at the clattering noise my mother's cart makes as she shoves it over the doorway and onto the sidewalk. We crunch over broken glass, which convinces me even more that we've stayed hidden in our condo for longer than we should have. The first floor windows have been broken, and someone has nailed a feather on the door. I don't believe for a second that it's a real angel feather, although that's clearly what's being implied. None of the new gangs are that strong or wealthy. Not yet, anyway. The feather has been dipped in red paint that drips down the wood. At least, I hope it's paint. I've seen this gang symbol on supermarkets and drugstores in the last few weeks, warning off scavengers. It won't be long before the gang members come to claim whatever's left on the higher floors. Too bad for them we won't be there. For now, they're still busy claiming territory before the competing gangs get to it first. We sprint to the nearest car, ducking for cover. I don't need to check behind me to make sure Mom is following, because the rattling of the cartwheels tells me she's moving. I take a quick glance up, then in either direction. There's no motion in the shadows. Hope flickers through me for the first time since I made our plan. Maybe tonight will be one of those nights where nothing happens on the streets. No gangs, no chewed-up animal remains to be found in the morning, no screams to echo through the night. My confidence builds as we hop from one car to another, moving faster than I'd expected. We turn onto El Camino Real, a main artery of Silicon Valley. It means the royal path, according to my Spanish teacher. The name fits, considering that our local royalty, the founders and early employees of the most cutting-edge tech companies in the world, probably got stuck on this road like everyone else. The intersections are gridlocked with abandoned cars. I've never seen a gridlock in the valley before six weeks ago. The drivers here were always as polite as can be. But the thing that really convinces me that the apocalypse is here is the crunching of smartphones under my feet. Nothing short of the end of the world would get our eco-conscious techies to toss their latest gadgets onto the street. It's practically sacrilegious, even if the gadgets are just dead weight now. I had considered staying on the smaller streets, but the gangs are more likely to be hiding where they are less exposed. Even though it's night, if we tempt them on their own street, they might be willing to risk exposing themselves for a cart full of loot. At that distance, it's unlikely they'll be able to see that it's only empty bottles and rags. I'm about to pop up behind an SUV to scope out our next hop, when Paige leans through the gaping car door and reaches for something on the seat. It's an energy bar. Unopened. It is nestled among a scattering of papers 
as if they'd all fallen out of a bag. The smart thing to do would be for us to grab it and run, then eat it in a safe place. But I've learned in the past few weeks that your stomach can pretty easily override your brain. Paige rips open the package and snaps the bar into thirds. Her face is radiant as she passes the pieces around. Her hand trembles with hunger and excitement. But despite that, she gives us oversized pieces and only keeps the smallest for herself. I break mine in half and give half of my share to Paige. Mom does the same. Paige looks crestfallen that we're rejecting her gifts. I put my finger to my lips and give her a stern look. She reluctantly takes the offered food. Paige has been a vegetarian since she was three years old, when we visited the petting zoo. Although she was practically a baby, she still made the connection between the turkey that made her laugh and the sandwiches she ate.